because such white guy names. Shaken. <laughs> it's not Adam and Eve. It's Adam and Jake. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> white. That was bad. <laughs> so you don't that want that to be the cold me. open? <laughs> What's good, fam? This is The Queer Archive, a queer and feminist Doctor Who podcast. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Brenna. And... This is Security Protocol 712. The echelon circuit has been activated. The echelon circuit has been activated. We are being pulled away from our current timeline to talk about the sixth episode of Series 12, Praxius. Please stow any hand luggage and prepare for departure. Okay, we want to start off with just random thoughts? There was a lot of stuff in this episode. It was a very stressful watch. Was there? <laughs> An emotional... Roller coaster. Why is there so many? There's so much stuff. Very stressful. Like, who gay? Who died? Why is this girl being possessed by a bird demon? Are you my mummy? You know, questions. Yeah. <laughs> like, damn! At every commercial break, I was literally just trying to catch my actual breath. But also, like, while the episode was going the whole time, I'm like, mainly please don't let any of these cinnamon rolls die. Mm-hmm. None of them. Everyone was very cute this episode. Like, so hot? Mm-hmm. Like, the fuck? Specifically, fuck that one sinister shot with the crow in the background, or actually in the foreground, and the, uh, the crow's just, like, creeping on a Ramu, and we're like, damn. We're gonna have to watch this boy die. Birds are scary. Dinosaur leftovers. Fuck those dudes. Mm-hmm. I do not care for the birds. That's not an eclipse, Nathaniel. Those are birds! Also, no one even checked on Aramu. They were just like, that's dead now. <laughs> I was so pissed. They didn't even pretend to no, check. they didn't. Cold. They just booked it. <laughs> I was so pissed. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of fucking characters in this episode, and a lot of them people of color, like almost the entire cast of extras. But, you know, then the episode happened, and we slowly see a lot of those wonderful POC die. Yeah. And that fucking was not cool. I didn't love how his, like, you just saw it coming, then we had to watch it, and then they didn't check on him. I was just like, nope, 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 nope. Yeah. Like, it honestly was just, like, a very visually confusing time for everyone. Because on one hand, like I said, everyone be hot. Real fine. And then on the other hand, this shit was so gross. So gross. I didn't want to look at any of it. No. And I didn't want to hear it, too. Like, the, the, ugh. the sounds. When, oh, my God. When they, when the infection would take over, I felt on my insides the same way I did in Annihilation when they cut that guy's mm-mm, stomach open mm-mm. and the guts are moving, like they're swirling. Mm-mm. Same feeling. <laughs> I was screaming. Like, your skin should not look like the top of a baked concha. <laughs> it was all like, if this ruins conchas for me... I'm be writing somebody. How dare you take that from me? (laughs) Like this whole episode. Like, excuse me? Excuse me. Are we in a horror movie all of a sudden? So creepy. I mean, like, they did it. It was well done. Yeah. Like, bravo. We were watching it in not great resolution, (laughs) which is how I intend to leave it. I know. I don't know if I'm going to be rewatching this one. The virus was super. I don't want to see it in high def. I'll probably rewatch the episode and, like, 
legit close my eyes every time I know it's coming. I'm trying to think of another bad guy that was this gross, and I can't really... T-Face? Yeah, I guess that's a lie. The, the Stenza are pretty nasty. <laughs> and it's Zygons the same are thing. gross. Zygons it's the same are thing, intentionally but with gross, though, yeah. Right? But we didn't have to see the teeth, like, growing. Pop out. Coming Ooh. out of their pores. Why it's are we still talking about this? So Holy nasty. shit, I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> this virus was truly gross. Okay, let's talk about Don't something like else. It. Why yep. does everyone on the show text in all caps? What is that about? <laughs> it's everyone's stuck in all caps. I know. Why are you all shouting all the time? <laughs> Just send a regular... Show. Take like send a regular text message. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, most of these episodes are taking place when the world is ending or some kind of disease is going to slowly kill their loved ones. But you know, I know the answer is probably that all caps reads better on fake screens. But that's a lot of it's a text fair shouting. Question. Fair question. <laughs> I do love I love Warren Brown who was playing Jake here. I yeah. loved him on Luther, so I automatically loved him the first moment he was on screen and I recognized him. It also really made me laugh that he's a cop on sabbatical because <laughs> at the beginning of Luther, Luther is on sabbatical. <laughs> I see. But Warren Brown has some pretty surprising breadth as an actor, especially for a guy who used to be like a world champion Muay Thai fighter. Muay Thai? What? Muay Thai? Thai boxing. One of those. He was an MMA fighter. Dang. Okay. <laughs> and I do really enjoy him. But also, Jake, go to therapy. <laughs> the tagline of our show. <laughs> go to therapy. It's great. It's worth all $300 you're going to pay. Bro, you need it. <laughs> we know you need it. Yeah. And Suki, I oh, really, Suki. I wanted to like you, but using a whole planet as your Petri dish, dirt bag move. Like, dirt bag. Yeah, why do we got to do the East Asian character like that? The first one in Chibnall's era. Yeah. Also, for the first East Asian character in Chibnall era, do we really also have to have her coming in with the literal airborne disease? Mm. That was super yikes. And also, as a friend of the pod, Joy Piedmont pointed out, so Suki just going to have a Japanese first name and a Chinese last name? Like, they're just not going to address that? Suki Chen? Because pretty sure a white dude wrote this, and we know it's not going to be like, oh, you know what we can expect? It's definitely going to be like a really profound look into Suki's backstory as an East Asian character investigating a really complex dual identity of belonging to both Japanese and Chinese heritage, right? Could you imagine? No, not in an episode that has 80,000 people in it. Mm-mm. There were literally also, this isn't the show. eight people on the TARDIS at one point. Eight people. Seven. Bro, they need to stop doing it. Moffat it's... had a scaling problem. Chibnall has, Chibnall has a, a clown car problem. A different related <laughs> scaling problem. Holy shit. I mean, yeah, Suki, I, up until the reveal, I was like, yo, this girl is fine. She is fun. She's fucking smart. Yep. I love her. Tardis companion bait. Yeah, she is the material. (laughs) And I love when the doctor's like, fuck, I always fall for scientists. (laughs) So cute. So up until the reveal, I was like in it to win it for her. And then even after the reveal, I was honestly ready for her badass scientist self and the doctor to work together and save two planets. But nope, she didn't get the chance. She got overcome by the disease before she even really got to answer the doctor and we had to see that shit and it's just like every other white boy villain out here be getting redemption arcs and why can't we give zuki a chance no give her a motherfucking chance none for gretchen wieners bye all right let's talk about mcteague pete mcteague wrote this he also wrote the problematic 
Kerblam from last series. Oh, God. <laughs> I'd be okay if I never watched that episode again. Oh, Kerblam is like... It started off as a mixed yeah. bag, but it did not end like that Kerblam for me. Kerblam is such a bummer because the beginning is good and then the ending is like, what the fuck am I looking at? What are you saying? Only your message and plot matched your pacing. Because I feel like yeah. the pacing was fun. Yeah. Started off as a great, lighthearted romp. Anyways, that's for like, what, four months we from now. We will talk about that in <laughs> not the near future. Yeah. McTeague came for bubble wrap and kerblam, and he's coming for microplastics mm-hmm. here. And like we were just saying, I think this episode's a pretty mixed bag. At the beginning of this episode, I was like, I wonder if this is another climate change episode. And it... Was. <laughs> Without fail, girl. Like, literally at the top of the motherfucking episode. It's like, she called it. Do we talk about that in here? What? How much this episode really made Orphan 55 even that much more unnecessary. Preachy. This is and Orphan 55, preachy. but better. <laughs> I didn't need to see this episode to know that Orphan 55 was hella preachy. But it was just like, oh, so you could have just had this episode. Yeah. And scrapped the other one completely yeah. and given us, like, an actual day of the fam at an actual spa because I swear to God, at this point, I am ready to just watch the fam literally just be at a spa. Yeah. Looking like, for a chamber interact, episode. <laughs> interact fourth. with all of you. How many of there is there? Four. Four people. <laughs> interact with four people in one room. Play a fucking board game. Like, I need you to say at least two sentences to each other and yeah. like have a fucking conversation. Yeah. Chamber episode four of you locked in a room together so that you have Talk to interact, and that's feelings. all there is. That's right. Talk about go Oreos. To therapy, I don't together. give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> also, yes, talk out your feelings and go to therapy. But um, I yeah. do I do think this episode was less hateable than Kerblam's conclusion, but it's yeah. still a little problematic at times, like we were saying with yeah. Suki, her naming, that she is the one who's brought this airbound virus with her, mm-hmm. and also, obviously, the kill your case. Yeah, um, which it doesn't. It doesn't kill all of them. Uh, well, okay. It's honestly frustrating because I know it's a really important story to see two gay men, one fighting a visible disease, and have them both come out alive and together. Yeah, like and that... the relationship intact. Yes, yes, exactly. Considering the obvious inherited historical trauma in that community, that is a story we need to see. But also... They were the two white men who came out alive. Yeah. And it's like, a lot of those gay men were people of color. Like, you could have just made at least one of them a person of color. It's not that hard. Queer people of color exist. Why do we always have to choose between LGBTQ representation and POC representation? Cutie pock. It's it's a thing. Yeah. I'm tired of having to, like, pit them against each other and having it be, like, this really uh, disjointed feeling when you're watching this, wanting to celebrate one thing and really having it sometimes be ruined because you're just like, well, this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) And a bunch of people are rightfully online right now saying things like 13 said gay rights because, I mean, we did, they didn't kill all the gays. There was a very nice kiss at the end. And there was a cure. Yeah. There was a cure. This is the story where there was a cure. Also, God, that's such a low bar that. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's we so rarely get queer characters yeah. kissing each other for real on any show, but it was definitely a on this show. Great kiss. It was too. a good kiss. They, it was they a real let kiss. it sit, they let it linger. Like it was we like got a, a full Patrick, shot. A Patrick David kiss. I the did real love deal. the kiss. Yeah. Yes. It was good. And they were lovable. And they had good chemistry. Thank you for not killing your gays. You can live just this one time, you cowards. Thank you. 
I'm talking about the show production team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not <laughs> the gays killing Adam. <laughs> oh my gosh, could you imagine? Okay. The battle cry of our people make it gay, you cowards, and they did. <sighs> one time. <laughs> Just this one time. Everybody, Everybody lives. gay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody lives. Not just this one relationship, though. My gaydar was very busy all episode. Jake shows up on screen, and as soon as he turns up that TV to see the astronaut, who I'm like, bro, Mm -hmm. that's your boo, huh? And then they actually interact, and I'm like, oh, they definitely have boyfriend energy. Yeah, yeah. And then they confirm it, like, immediately. But also, we'll talk about Gabriella and her girl later. Yeah. Yeah, there is, like, a lot of gay energy. More than usual, because, you know, the doctor has enough gay energy to... Fuel a spaceship. Rainbows Um, and trousers that don't reach. Rainbows and trousers. (laughs) But, okay, speaking of TARDIS fam, should we talk about the crew? I surprised myself with how excited I was to see Ryan at the beginning. He's growing on me. Growing on you? I like Like him. Okay. No, I've always liked him, but there's just, like, no character development for anyone. So I surprised myself that I was like, Ryan! (laughs) They're just giving us a little bit more to, like, actually put behind the love that we already have for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, we can anticipate his character and, like, how he behaves in situations a little bit more. And he's also having more reactions yeah. this series. Like, last series, he was very stoic mm-hmm. a lot of the time for the Did writing. He even, like, not even stoic because he was mourning Grace because they didn't really give him a very good response to that. Yeah. He was just, like... I posted about this on a Reddit post somewhere because somebody was like, Toast and Cole is wooden. And I was like, Toast and Cole is not wooden. Toast and Cole is playing a teenage kid who lost his mom, whose dad is absent, and he just lost his other mother figure. Like, he's a teenage kid with a step-grandfather that he doesn't like who is dealing with massive trauma. And he does that by pretending he doesn't feel anything. Yes. And this series, Toast and Cole's character, Ryan, has gotten... More silliness, more opportunities to be expressive. Yes. And so we get him <laughs> seeing the fake bats and we get him reacting to the, <laughs> when the doctor says that she's looking for the master in the background. We just rewatched Fugitive of the Oh my God, rewatch this watch part, it. y'all. It's <laughs> so good. It's at the beginning of the episode and they're like, what are you looking for? And she goes, the master. And in the background, he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, Ryan is tired so... of her shit. <laughs> like, really, bitch? <laughs> so I'm glad to see Ryan getting a little more range. And it yeah. just, it was nice for me personally that I was like, Ryan! And then I was like, oh, I'm excited to see Ryan. The writing must be doing better with him than they were last series. Right. They should have been to the, at this point last series. Last, like halfway through yeah, last series. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. But we will celebrate the wins that we can get. They're too busy cramming 18 people hmm. into the TARDIS like Very a crown car. So. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It takes a season and a half to get basic character development done. Except for Graham. Who is very well developed. Immediately off the bat, right? Anyways, back to Ryan. Ryan shows up (laughs) on the scene. I also was very excited and cheered. And during the moment, both of us were screaming, Don't touch that! that! (laughs) Do not touch that! And then Ryan comes in. He's like, I got you. Don't touch that. But of course, later, he goes and touches touches that girl's face. face. Like, what the? Thought Uh, you had more mm. sense than that, Ryan? (laughs) But, uh, he was also dissecting that bird with no gloves. In the first shot, he starts to pull gloves out. And then when there's the next shot of him he where he's like, here's why the birds are mad. He's not wearing any gloves. My good sir. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I was all sad when Ryan was starting to be accused of some shady shit. Yeah. Small Bean does not deserve that. No. But Britain be like, oh, she black, so it's chill. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Towards the beginning, 
we're seeing the whole fam like they mentioned the three different places and so the fam is being split up to go to these places and my immediate reaction is obviously like i fucking hate when they split them all up yeah like we have ranted about please just stick them in a room together and talk it out but at least they ended up spending a good amount of time together more than i expected yeah and the time that they did spend apart felt a little bit more meaningful yeah. than it has in previous episodes. So I'll allow it. It's like, okay, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's not enough, but no. it's better than like the Orphan 55. God, shit. Orphan 55 is such a mess. Is that our, like, why did, we shouldn't even compare to that. Like, <laughs> so low. But, okay, so when Jody comes on screen for the first time, I think, <laughs> Yeah, because we're in- getting introduced to all of the side characters. And then Jody comes in, fucking with the shade, running past these two kids. And she's like, a little help, baby? <laughs> Just about to save this dude's life, don't mind me. <laughs> I was laughing. Also, hey, we learned something about Yaz. She's clever. Because she's clever. It's because I'm clever. <laughs> Our baby out here being observant and shit? Mm-hmm. Hesitation. That means it's valuable. Oh, she's smart? She saw it. You'd love to see it. i love to see any character development. I know. <laughs> the fact that we're saying we learned a thing about Yaz this episode. It's halfway one through and a half second series. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> this has got to be one of the most developed episodes for Yaz. And it's not even a lot, but like she was playing the doctor. She was even repeating some of the doctor's lines when they landed on that spaceship. Yaz is all like, hey, result. And I was like, she was disappointed that she hadn't discovered a planet. I thought I discovered a planet or whatever. That was funny. Yeah. Yas was, and she was mad. Yas got jokes this episode. I loved it. But I'm low-key also a little bit worried because we've seen this before, right? Like a companion, they learn so much from being with the doctor and they're like, I want to take this back to Earth. For her, it would be, I want to return as a cop and take what I've learned to protect the Earth on the ground mm. and I'm not ready for that yeah. like first of all I don't know so much about Britain but like maybe get a different job if you want to protect earth but also like please don't leave I am not ready like we have hardly gotten to know you at all and if anything I want this character development and her competence at traveling in space with the doctor and observing things and problem solving and almost discovering planets <laughs> Would lead her to stay on longer with the doctor yeah. and continue that growth and play out that role there. Yeah. Other people have also insinuated that she might, like, go over to Unit, but that was, like, really early on. Does Unit even exist anymore? Not as of right so, now. So, like, I want her to be badass and enjoy her life and have wonderful things, bottom line. But also, I want, like, I'm selfish and I want her to stay with yeah. the doctor as long as possible. I want no deaths for this TARDIS crew unless yes. it's Graham dying of cancer. Yes. Which I don't really that want. That is a weird thing to say, but I 100% agree. Well, storytelling-wise, it makes sense, especially yes. this episode when they were, like, making all the... where he's like, I know how to lay an IV. I was like, oh, God, grim. So <laughs> dark. Just slip that right Fuck. in there. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, but still on Yaz. I thought it was super cute and cheesy, but good cheesy. When Yaz was with Gabriella, and she's all like, Two girls roaming, ready. Before they go through the teleport. <laughs> Before they get teleported. <laughs> I see what you did there. Also, Gabriella and Afro-Latinx Bay, Curls in Space Alert, CC Tarpus. Mm-hmm. She was great. Is this the only Latinx rep that I can think of? I think so. 
I was I Googling, legit can't think of it. I was Googling while we were prepping notes. I, there have only been four episodes that took place. Is that right? There's only four episodes of all of Doctor Who and Torchwood that took place in South America. Like the Doctor Who universe, yeah. right? I mean, there's some books and, and oh, okay. comics, but in but you're including of the TV Torchwood, shows. so yeah. yeah. And I was like, can I think of one of those was classic who too? So even one Spanish speaking character, I don't know if I can. Please feel free to correct us because that's also very grim. Yeah, <laughs> if that's for the case. how much space. South America, Central America, Mexico, like, take up in the world yeah. how big of a population that is. Yeah. It is, like, a really, like, extremely unacceptably low yes. representation on the show that's supposed to, like we were saying, okay, well, there's not a lot of migration from those countries to places like Wales or Britain. But guess what? The show's not about Wales and yeah. Britain. The show is about the Earth and actually many Earths, many planets, the galaxy maybe, yeah. multiverses, like, yeah. Yeah, so I was happy to see Latinx rep. One. Afro-Latina. You, you may have right? one Latinx star <laughs> Listen, for I a treat. Fucking take it. <laughs> oh, gosh. And at least uh, we didn't get burnt like that East Asian rep in this episode. I like know. that fucking hurt too because it's like at this point, don't do it until you do it right. Do we? Is it even worth seeing if you're just going to lean into stereotypes and come short of a story arc? Like, if you're just going to use that character as a tool, then that's almost worse. Mm. But also, circling back around, gay energy, Gabriella and her girl had it. Literally, these two cuties show up on screen, and the second they jump off that truck, I'm like, so they gay? Yeah. <laughs> you said like, it too at the same Girlfriend vloggers, right? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I would be fucked up seeing my girl like that <laughs> when she rolls up to that, like, freaky uh when they're walking inside some the kind of building grew, yeah, yeah exactly and then the they unveil her i would i don't know i would lose my shit not be able to handle that and like by the end of the episode i wouldn't be fine like <laughs> she is like come see us sometime <laughs> oh. oh is she chill okay mm, i'm just gonna walk off with these two random strangers. gay dudes yeah. <laughs> strangers peace this guy's face was full of things just like 10 minutes ago but we're besties now you don't have to take us back to a country that we live in or near our houses or anything Sweet you Jesus. can leave us down here <laughs> i know if space travel is like overwhelming and fun but like also i'd be a little bit devastated just a little bit and also i'd be expecting curbside service yeah. <laughs> this this machine very least. That moves machine... through time and space, you say? Time you and space. You can drop me off at my house. <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriend died recently. You can take me to my house. Thank you. In I'd very much room. like it if you got off my ship now. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. I think my favorite moment of the whole episode is Graham <laughs> holding the scanner and saying, the unusual signal is coming from the other side of that wall. And then Yaz <laughs> turning it and him going, the unusual signal is coming from the other <laughs> side of this wall. And she goes, you're welcome. <laughs> gentle, <laughs> casual correction. <laughs> Just gonna correct that right there for you. It was a good Graham episode. Almost all episodes are good Graham episodes. That's what really sucks. But whatever. We hate love it. Yep. But... It was a good Yaz moment as well. Yes, like that was a it great wasn't just it was a good Yaz a good execution episode. for Graham. But Yaz also nails that line. Yeah. Just, You're welcome. <laughs> I wanna thank me. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, what would y'all do without that girl? What would y'all do? Go through the wrong door first, and then five minutes later, go through the right one. <laughs> oh, speaking of Graham, 
I do like a pattern that I'm seeing where he's doing a lot of emotional labor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this whole series, with, or I would say this crew, this TARDIS family, where the emotional labor is pretty well distributed between both men and women. Mm. But honestly, most most often it's Graham yeah. doing that work. And I like that he has those... One-to-ones with Those people. one-to-ones like with the like extra care. Yeah, heart-to-heart is what I was thinking. And that it's not... It's very rarely yes. Yes. And that would be pretty normal. And he's also saying... He's giving good advice that his older white dude authority actually lets hit. So, like, in this episode, for example, Jake's saying he, Adam can't really love me because I'm a piece of garbage. Again, go to therapy. If he's so great, he can't love me. And that's why I've been punishing him. And Graham goes, mm, I don't think it's him you're punishing. Yeah. And that's, like, a very pithy and true piece of advice he's just given to the stranger and the stranger takes it which is nice it is nice to see Graham doing the let's talk about your feelings like I'm gonna follow you and check in on you and when you're like fuck off I'm gonna be like no I'm just gonna sit here and talk with you for a minute yeah exactly it's a lot of anti-toxic masculinity energy which is like exactly the role that he should be playing yes if he's gonna be here then that's definitely what we should get from him that's right yep I am interested in how 13 lets her friends run around and try their own theories. That's very not doctory. It's doctory, but not doctor. Like the doctor would like normally I was trying to think in comparison who's a doctor companion pairing where they give their friend a lot of leeway and it's the doctor and Clara, but even that is withholding Clara. Yeah. And also he still withholds stuff. So he gives her instructions. He gives her when she tries to be the doctor in, uh, Hellbent. In. Face the Raven. In, in Flatline. Okay. (laughs) We got there. Um, so it was reluctant. Versus here. Yaz is like, I want to go back in and check out that building. And the doctor's like, that one that was recently full of bad guys where we almost died. Okay, you have an hour. She thinks about it. (laughs) Okay, you have an hour. You have an hour. I would like to think. Oh, you used their teleport and got to their spaceship? Oh my gosh, like no reaction. (laughs) I mean, the doctor has said what we're all thinking. Look at you going off on your own and not getting killed. Hey. Hey, that's my girl. I would like to think that she has this allowance for specifically Yaz. I mean, to be fair, I feel like Yaz would be one of the only ones who would request that allowance. But I feel like there's some particular trust in her as a companion to do the run off on your own thing she also sent ryan off on his own though so there's a a fair bit of autonomy for all the companions yeah and i'd say this is in line with how i saw 13's trajectory going yeah because at the beginning of last series it was very much like i have a different sort of relationship and dynamic and respect for humans uh that is definitely new for the doctor where they usually have to like you said warm up to that and only allow that for very particular people yeah but here she's like i'm gonna acknowledge some things that most doctors did not like how hard seeing a death is or the way that you guys can provide on the ground knowledge such as like the bus driver network and acknowledge how that plays into like bigger roles so that seems like it was fitting for the Doctor 13 was going to end up being. And then we kind of took like a detour Mm. into the mess that was like her Gallifrey emotional trauma closed offness to her character. But I hope we're kind of coming back on track. 
Right? <laughs> so this seems rad to me. I'm, I love the doctor having respect for her companions. Yeah, like, this was a good episode for her. Yeah. I also really loved her saying, what can I say? I'm a romantic at the end of the episode. Bless. <laughs> yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw one or some or all of these three and back up in the TARDIS. Yeah. She said, Gabriella said, come visit us sometime. Yep. And then there was also all that stuff to Jake, like, you should travel, stop dodging life. I wouldn't be sad about it. I agree. Especially Gabriella. I feel like Jake might have been like, yo, I like flew a spaceship. I thought I was going to die. I did that one thing. That is good for the rest of my life, right? Like, that also seems like a really obvious pivot to new companion. Somebody who's like, I don't like to travel and I don't Mm -hmm. like new experiences and I don't like feelings. So I feel like any one of those three could be like plucked up and added to the TARDIS at any time. For sure. For sure. For sure. Okay. I think, I think that's all we have for Praxius. Next week, well, actually, technically, you can catch us on our normal timeline tomorrow to talk about the Series 9 finale, Hellbent. Eight. And then you can catch us next week on another Echelon Circuit to talk about the seventh episode of Series 12, Can You Hear Me? You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Queer Archive Pod. We want to hear from you. Your thoughts and feels on this episode that was pretty okay. Yeah. Tell us the good, the bad, the ugly. Mm-hmm. Actually, don't talk about the ugly. Like, I literally... I've had enough. So gross. (laughs) Uh, And uh, remember, if you have a moment, to review us on your podcatcher of choice. Because it helps other queerdos find us. Yes. Until next time. Be gay. Do crimes.